Hello and welcome to the Knees Up Mother Brown West Ham podcast. We're on episode six now and joining us in the studio we've got a member of the supporters advisory board, one of two people to say no. It's my WHUFC, aka Nigel Khan. Nigel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Good, you've got, uh, you've got some big shoes to fill in terms of uh, literally, <laughs> literally big shoes. I can say that now he's not yeah. next to me. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Are you going to... Gonna... I don't think anyone can fill his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly... Hope, well, fingers crossed you'll try your best at least. And uh, also back in the shoot as well, James Longman, he's Hello. back. Yep. Uh, so, so we're all ready for, uh, for episode six. So this week we're going to be talking about the West Brom results, a fantastic result there, then the Olympic Stadium. Nigel will be giving us some insight from the supporters advisory board. Um, we'll also be hearing from the mysterious editor of Knees Up by the Brown. Yes, Up the Junction, a.k.a. Graham Howlett will be joining us for the first time. First time many of will have heard his voice. <laughs> he speaks like Jerry Adams used to, Sean Fane. Someone else speaks it's for him. his voice stubbed over. <laughs> so, yeah, we put some, we'll put some effects on it. Yeah. Um, and then we'll be hearing from Ian Dale, the, the LBC's new drive time presenter and a massive West Ham fan. Uh, he blogs on West Ham Till I Die. He'll be joining us to give us his thoughts on the Olympic Stadium uh, and Andy Carroll. Uh, we'll be having a discussion too about Big Sam versus Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp has been installed as the bookie's favourite. We'll be talking about that. Uh, Paolo Di Canio has joined Sunderland as manager. We'll be discussing whether or not we're gutted about that fact. Finally, some predictions. Liverpool away, Southampton away. Two big games coming right up. So, let's begin. Uh, West Brom, Saturday, 3-1. Massive victory. Andy Carroll. I mean, he bossed the show, right? Two goals. He was all over West Brom. What a fan, I mean, another fantastic performance from him, Nigel. Yeah, he's been he's been playing well, even though we were losing at Chelsea. I thought he had a good game, yeah. and uh, he, he holds the ball up well. He, he does need. It seems when Nolan plays with Carroll, Nolan will run on to him. Mm. When Nolan was playing with Colton Cole, Nolan seemed to be sitting back a bit. And perhaps in a way that was alienating Cole and making mm. him look worse than he was where Carroll <laughs> worse looked. Worse than he is. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'll come after you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Carroll, I think, is a, a good loan signing this season. Has done well when he's played. I think we missed him when he got injured, in a way, perhaps. Looking back mm. at it now, you can say, yeah, perhaps we would have picked up more points with him. Mm. Yeah, I, think, I just think he's a class act. Yeah. Well, I think he's got such a good... Good touch, you know. He f- he holds it up. He, you know, he, he knocks it down for other players. He's he's class up there. Mm. Um, Hugh Southen tweeted earlier today saying that he it's up to Big Sam if we're a source to club said it's up right. to Big Sam if you want to keep him or not. Yeah, I understand as well. And probably him. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a choice. And Nicole does um, have a choice. I understand it's going to be eighty <clears throat> percent of our transfer budget for this summer will be Andy Carroll if we wanted to keep him. That's the kind of decision that so, we're going so to have to make. See, if that was me, then, if 80% of the money's going on Andy Carroll, I wouldn't pay it. Right. I, I, I wouldn't pay it. If, if we've got 30 million to spend, then I would spend it. I'd be disappointed if we've got 20 million to spend. If you get relegated mm. next season, you bank 60. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We've got to be looking at having 30 million pounds to spend next season. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, that seems a bit low to me, but um, yeah, oh, 20 million is the figure that seems to be banded about. I wonder what it, it all includes kind of the wages and all that, doesn't it? When they kind of, mm. when they add it all up, it's obviously a lot more because it's, right. it's 17 million, I guess, for the player. Yeah. And then they have a separate uh, budget for the wages. So who knows? 
Who knows? But I, you know, I would if we had the money. I think I agree with Nigel. I'd love to keep him, but I think we need to strengthen several other areas. If you look well. up front, if you look at the strikers we've got at the moment, Cole and Cole looks like he's going to be going. Palista, he ain't going to stay. He's not getting picked. Maiga's um, not getting a game. Shamak, useless. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jack Sullivan was right. Send him back to Arsenal. Um, <laughs> when is Jack Sullivan going to be put in charge of this club? Well, I thought he was, <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. He needs to make the decision. Yeah, he gets the calls right, so I'm yeah. on his side. <laughs> so here's what Big Sam had to say in the press conference after the West Brom game. The only downside, I think, was uh, George McCartney's injury, which was a, a, you know, a big blow to George and to us, who's only just come back from... What he actually did, the same injury going off again, which is his medial ligament in his knee, which is sad. But the overall performance today and the quality of the goals was uh, a great day for us. And I think one that um, the players uh, were glad to get out after two weeks after Chelsea and, and show what they could really do again. I mean, the last time we played here, it was a fantastic game. But ended up losing in the last minute this play. This time we played a fantastic game, scored three fantastic goals. Um, and got a thoroughly deserved win. So the quality of the goals is is uh, is uh, three very different types. The quality of Andy's heading, the ability <coughs> of Gary O'Neill with a with a delicate chip, and of course the the outstanding volley uh, from Andy Carroll shows he's not just about his aerial dominance; it's about the overall ability that Andy has. Um, what what of Gary O'Neill too? And uh, I mean, what what a goal! That was incredible, what right? Well, what a midfield maestro! The guy's unbelievable. I mean, he scored that up my end, and I looked at it, and I'm thinking, <laughs> was that deflected? Was that deflected? <laughs> and I had to watch yeah. it on match of the day about four times. I'm thinking, no, but was it a miss kick then? <laughs> because it seemed, it didn't sort of go up and down. It sort yeah. of just bent into the corner. Yeah. So knowing Gary O'Neill, I think it was a miss kick. <laughs> yeah. There was a guy about four rows behind me started try, trying to start a Gary O'Neill. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> that chant. No. There was about three people. <laughs> Poor guy. It wasn't going to happen. Happen, but uh, he had yeah. a good game. It's tough with Gary O'Neill because he's he's just a a workhorse, isn't he? Yeah. So he just runs around a lot. He's a squad and when player. He, you know, he is a squad player. But when he's when he does a good job, he does an excellent job. Mm. <laughs> so it's one of those things. It's kind of there's neither here nor there. It's kind yeah. of he either does an excellent job or he's a little bit anonymous and gets yeah. you know he's running after nothing, chasing yeah. shadows. Yeah, I think in like four years, no one will remember that Gary O'Neill played for West Ham. He's he's like I'll a, a his mum will. <laughs> He might. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a more forgettable Steve Lomas. Yeah. I got a tattoo of his face on my back. <laughs> I'm going to get a tattoo of his face on my face <laughs> <laughs> as a reminder. And very quickly, so we've glossed yeah. over Andy Carroll's goal, second right. goal. Oh wow! Which I could watch hundred times and still chuckle with glee yeah. every time it goes in. Yeah, a goal, beauty. Best goal I've seen this season by West Ham mm. by far and a away. Beauty. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's move on and talk about the Olympic Stadium. Um, we should say at this point that Nigel is a massive fan of the Olympic Stadium. Is that is that fair? That is not fair. At all. <laughs> so you, there's a, the supporters' advisory board will ask their opinions on the on the Olympic Stadium move. Two people said no. One was Bo- Overland and see the West Ham fanzines bowling alley. Yes. The other the other person was your good self. Yes. So we've been given the Olympic Stadium this week. It's now kind of official. We've had Boris Johnson stand before a Subject press conference. To fans consultation. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. Cameron Brady said yeah, that. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. There is asterisks that. So yeah. it's hap- it's happened now. Uh, Nigel, what are your thoughts? Well, until it's until Cameron Brady starts singing, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, uh, I don't think it's a done deal yet. Yeah. You know, 
it's it's a tough one because yeah, my my head says it's a done deal. Yeah. You know, my heart says you know keep going. You know, let's get mm. all the facts out there. The club are doing a drip, 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 little bit. There's so much to be seen. Mm. There's so much to be seen. I've I've seen quite a bit more. I've seen mock-ups of the football pitch where it's saying there's at least 22 metres on the halfway line between the pitch and the mm. front row seat. Right. I mean, we know about upstairs. It's, the upstairs is is totally exterior to the bowling. So everybody mm. that sits upstairs technically sitting outside of the bowling ground. Right. So if you're sitting, if I, I sit up at Trevor Brooking, if you equate that with Olympic Stadium, I'm now sitting in the flats behind the ground. Right. If you take the Bobby yeah. Moore stand, <clears throat> you're sitting on the shops on the Barking Road. Mm, right. To be fair, when I was a kid, I wanted to live in those flats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember going there once That's to do some so work. <laughs> I remember going there once to do some work. And I walked into the woman's kitchen and turned around and, and you could see right into the ground and I think, oh, I'd never go to work. I'll just stand there all day <laughs> and look at the ground. I think of a, lot, a lot of them do and that's yeah. why they're living there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nigel, how much fight is left in you? I know you're quite vocal on Overland and Sea uh, in, in your opposition. What's your hope now? My hope is that the, that the club do a, a yes-no vote and that they allow people like me to put out the not the negatives but the alternative mm-hmm. word to what the club are putting out the, the mm. fact the distances are that much greater that there will be seats that will be closed off you know a few people admit to it some people won't admit to it but there are seats that are going to be upstairs when Karen Brady says oh the, the back seat at the Olympic Stadium is going to be no further than the back seat at Wembley. What she's basically saying is the back seat that we use at the Olympic Stadium behind Mm. the goal will be no further than the pitch, but there's another 15 rows behind that we're not selling. They'll be screened off. To the athletics, the the seats that when the configuration moves forward... If West Ham fans are happy to live live with that, then I'm Mm. not. I've always believed in democracy. and I know football clubs ain't a democracy, but a big thing like this, I think the fans deserve to say yes or no. Hmm. Is this what we want? But you've got to have everything out there, not right. just what the club. Just not go, one view. Not just one view. Because or a shit view. You don't. You don't <laughs> no, just have no. the Labour Party going out saying vote for us. We're in government. This is what we're going to do. You know, and hmm. the Tories sit around being quiet. They yeah. both get the points of view across. Yeah, and that's the way I use it. Right. And so, your, what is your main objection? Is it the view? This is yeah. You worry about the view. It, give I know you've got loads, but your main. My, my main objection was. It's not going to be a football stadium. It's going to be mm. a multi-use now, athletic stadium where they play football. Mm. And the the bowling ground, everybody goes on, oh, the gap between the East Stand and everything's terrible. The gap between the East Stand's terrible is because they've moved the pitch nearer to the West Stand. Why? What, well, where are the boxes? Mm. In the West Stand. Right. You know, but they could move that pitch over, centralise it, so there's not that great big gap. Mm. But why don't they do that? Because, you know, the, the original reason for that gap was to enable them to build a new east stand that didn't, you know, cause problems with the bus garage. Right. That's why they moved, the, 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 that gap was there for the east stand to go up. The original mm. thing was as well, is that technically where I sit in the corner of Trevor Brook in Upper, that would go because they, they would cut that off, cut that off, and that would be the turn into the east stand. Okay. So... That's why when you look at it, they'll be building a bigger east stand, but you would be losing a section 
of the of edge the Bobby, of the right, Bobby Moore okay. and the edge of the Trevor Brooking upper. <clears throat> That's why you don't get 45,000 mm. when they do it. You only get 42 because you've got to chop them ends off mm. to allow for the turn of the pitch and to allow it to be up to the pitch. You know, the thing about it is, is that that means the owners have got to pay out. Right. But, I mean, they're paying out, was it 15 million? I mean, you, I mean, would, wouldn't the redevelopment of Upton, Upton Park would cost more than that? Potentially for for uh, an increase of seven thousand. When Look, business, if, if I was a businessman, yeah. which I suppose I am, I do run my own <laughs> business. But I, you know, in football, I don't see West Ham as a business. To me, West Ham's a football club. Right. Perhaps in the way I'm a dinosaur, I don't see football as a business. Mm. And all this brand this and sponsor that is yeah. all crap to me. Excuse me. Yeah. Here, but it is it's, and that's probably one of my hang ups that's my downfall that I don't mm. I just refuse to believe football's a business it should be run you can run it on a, on, on a profit and a loss and whatever but as soon as big business and it has to be making money comes into yeah. it then it all falls apart to me but I mean to kind of offer a counter view to that uh, if we want success and we want to compete with the big boys do we do we need to consider it a business? Do we need to run it as such? Well, you say you want to compete with it, but now, why? In your opinion, why are we leaving the bowling ground for uh, an iconic and bigger stadium? That's it. Um, for increased capacity, I think we would probably have more potential for investment. In terms, we could do something like Man City have done. That I mean, one of the reasons that well, um, sell out to a foreigner, <coughs> uh, the Dubai owner. Unless you know, I mean, all that, be that's, happy. that's potentially the only way you can win things these days. Win what it? though? Did you, you become a West Ham fan to win things? Do you really <laughs> think know, West Ham fan now? Do you really think West Ham are going to win the Premier League? I'll stay this I now. think I don't even think in my lifetime, and hopefully I've got another 40, 50 years, <laughs> West Ham will ever finish in the top four. I think, ever. I think if we were to move to the Olympic Stadium, I think we've got a chance of winning the Premier League in, in my <laughs> lifetime. Probably not in yours, Nigel. Are <laughs> you carrying on? <laughs> a heart attack. Well, um, no, I just don't see it because my analogy mm. is: is say West Ham, we get this bigger stadium. Yeah. yeah. Tottenham are getting their bigger stadium. They'll mm. be throwing more money at it. Tell me, what out of four to, top four or five teams now? There's probably six teams that are now demanding Champions League football: mm. Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, yeah. Manchester City, Manchester United. Two of them every season aren't going to do it. Yeah. Now, if West Ham suddenly turn up and say, "Can yeah. we join this club?" Are you going to think they're going to sit back and go, "Yeah, of course you can, West Ham. Come on, look, we're, we won't spend money this time. Mm. We're not bothered about you." They'll be trying to outspend us when yeah. these foreign players come over and play for us. Yeah. When Man United and Chelsea and everybody else say, "Why don't if yours that good? Why don't you come and play for us?" Do you think they're yeah. going to go? Actually, I quite like it here in the East End of London. <laughs> I think I'll hang around. No, they're not. They're, no. they're, they're going to be like the mercenaries that they are, yeah. and they'll be up in off sticks. Yeah, but arguably, Man City have done that and won the Premier League. <laughs> But how much did it yeah. cost Man City to win that Premier League? I know, but that, the discussion is, can we do it? Yeah, but it and, is and because that, that investment day, money, that money is costing, what, three, four hundred million pound. David Gold's worth five hundred million pound. Is he going to put every single penny? No, no he's not. I don't... West Ham are never going to mm. spend four hundred million pound to win an FA Cup and a league title. No, I don't think they would under Gold and Sullivan. Oh, no, no. But I suspect that in the longer run, someone will buy it. I think when you look it's at the big, Qatar, when you look at the Qataris and the, and the Saudis that have bought, it's, it's a pride thing. It's a status thing. Owning a Premier League thing is a status thing. Essentially, it's vanity. But, and would but, you want that for West Ham? But would they, to them, it's I own the Olympic Stadium. I own a Premier League football. No, they team. don't. They rent it for twenty-five <laughs> games. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, <laughs> they that's don't true, own but it. I mean, 
it's gonna it's gonna be that stadium is gonna be West Ham and the, the Saudis they can entertain their clients and they're gonna inter- they, they can spend all their money on having this iconic thing that they own and the, that you know iconic it's a Meccano stadium for mm. a start. what made it iconic the Olymp- there's the not even an outside to it have you, did you go did you have you been I to the stadium no. I wouldn't say for him. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, like, I think I, I, I've been. I wasn't there for the 400 yeah. metre final. And James has been. I think I, 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 it's hard to say because it was a very special moment, the Olympics, obviously, but it was incredible. It was a really amazing sound. It was the Olympics. I can, it's I can understand one. that. See, Peter, personally, again, as well, I come from that area. See, it's like the cheap ticket analogy. Mm. David Gold has tweeted, well, we would like to do cheaper tickets, but we won't do it on our own. It has to come from the whole of football. Mm. People actually think they're going to walk up to Olympic Stadium and pay £20 or £30 Mm. and get a seat. And I'm saying they they ain't. They'll probably charge what they've charged now. Mm. But I guess the the thing with that is it's supply and demand. If If the ticket prices are too high, people won't go. They have to. They have to adjust. But then they're it. not getting the income to they're take it up to Champions so League they football. They have to. They have to. I guess if it's if they're making the same money for having thirty thousand people there as they are for having fifty thousand people there, they would rather have the fifty thousand because there's going to be extras from concession from concession stalls and merchandise maybe. But they have to share that, don't they? They don't yeah. keep all the money. Mm. But they. I but imagine... they could have forty two and a half thousand in Berlin. But again, it costs some money. It costs yeah. them money to redevelop the East End. Yeah, costs them more than fifteen million pound to, to yeah. do that. So for them, it makes no sense to mm. increase the bowling ground yeah. by six thousand fans. Mm. It makes no financial sense for Golden Sullivan to do that. Yeah, and that is the problem. It all comes back to being a business, isn't it? It's, it's mm. kind of what you say because it is essentially a business, and they're in it to make money. And I do believe that they love West Ham, but I think essentially they're businessmen. And I think football is about business now. And it is all about football losing its soul. Mm. And if West Ham moved to Olympic Stadium, will they lose their soul? I mean, that's, that's kind yeah. of that's See, kind for of, me, it of it. Will, for me, West Ham was always, yeah, it was about the football, but it was a bit more than that. We, we did things a bit differently. We mm. were the family club in the 70s and 80s. And we wanted to play football. Mm. And I know people poo-poo it. Oh, West Ham way, blah, blah, blah. It's the losing way and whatever. Well, when I was a kid, oh, that was instilled into me. That we mm. didn't go to watch West Ham play to see them win we, all the win. time. It was. You mm. know, I was there that night. We played Dinamo Tbilisi. I was only mm. 11 and, and perhaps it didn't mean so much to me. But they played us off the park and yeah. everyone clapped them off. Would that happen now? That would not happen now. <sighs> no. No, we'd never be playing Dynamo to Blue Sea. Mate, the Europa Back. Cup, you might. I don't know. Back to Aldershot. Yeah. The Europa Cup, we can dream. Um. <laughs> so just reading of uh, KUMB, there's a few points that people have said. Uh, Smart Hammer says, uh, big yes from me, not because I want to leave a bowling, just a huge opportunity we've been gifted. Uh, perfectly understand the views of the old boys. I'm one, but the bowling lost its soul a long time back. I mean, that's quite an interesting point about the atmosphere mm. there. Interesting. Uh, Hammer 1975 says, still undecided. There's a part of me that wants to be iconic and for this to work out amazing. As much as I love a bowling, it's not the same as it was and too many games feel flat since the new stands were built and terracing taken away. My memories will always remain and I like to build new memories memories with my kids. Feels like the Olympic Stadium will be amazing or a terrible decision, dependent on the final details and who our owners will be. 
uh, of Smart Hammer added, just need the Arabs now. So it's something else. <laughs> it's something else about being. When are those Arabs going to turn up? That's what we're all waiting for. Well, we had the we had the Icelandics. I'm not sure we need the Arabs. <laughs> we need a hotter climate. Um, Pink Palermo, who's a controversial figure, uh, but always, you know, always a good read and always mm. makes a lot of really good points. Too long to read for me. Yeah. <laughs> they go on forever. I'll sum it up. He's against it. <laughs> but he says this is. I mean, this is interesting. He says, I personally think the view is so important. Retractable seating won't solve that problem for many attendees. And it's the number one reason I won't be going. I don't care what a ticket costs. It doesn't bother me. But if I cannot see the game's details, then why bother going? I've been to a stadium in Australia to watch a game of football. This after a stadium we've been converted and reducing capacity. And it simply wasn't possible to see the action. I mean, that's, you know, that's a, that's a really interesting point but I mean he's, he's obviously got several points and goes into, goes <laughs> yeah. into great depth and we just don't have time um, in 45 minutes we can never get through it but yeah so I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of people for it and a lot of people against it I mean Nigel would you if we move is that it game over no, what's your you thoughts because you obviously mm. love West Ham no, uh, you know it's in to, your heart so what are your thoughts it, it, I've never ever stood up and said I would never go now a few other people or a lot of other people I know have said it Pink Plummer says it all the time no, I can't walk away. What I what I will do is I will probably buy a season ticket, first season, and then I walk in the first game. I've said I'd give it the first game, which is perhaps a bit unfair, because the first game I've said it's going to feel like an away game because mm. it'll be new for everyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. you go to a stadium mm. you've never been to before, and you think, oh, I don't know. But once after three or you know, yeah. three or four games, at this moment in time, I can't envisage. Not going. I'll probably sit there and go. I ain't like that. It wasn't a bowling. I'll be sitting there like <laughs> old Dolphin Stadler going. Oh, the boom. It's not like the good old days. Yeah, it's not yeah. like the good old days when we had terracing. You know, like all these people go. I don't understand people when they go. Oh, it ain't never been the same. Well, that's what happened. We had to yeah. redevelop. Yeah. But every life. club done it. Yeah. Old Trafford's not the yeah. same. It's life, isn't it? Yeah, um, we changed Herbie Hammer. Yeah. What, what next? What next? Yeah, we've and lost our soul. When, when he Herbie went, and, went. The ham- and the hammerettes. <laughs> I kept bubbles the bear, though, didn't I? Bubbles the bear. <laughs> bubbles the and that bear. other, the other one that's like <laughs> the, like a Terminator. I don't know what he scares the, the shit out of me. You know, fucking dog. What is the dog <laughs> who's going around like a detective? Oh, see, this, see that's that? good. If you boys were local, you'd know that. Well, that the is, new, is that, that is the news hound from Newham Recorder? <laughs> is it really? <laughs> What does he do? What does he do the rest of the He's year? He's sniffing out a story. <laughs> <laughs> He's the source for new and recorded. It's probably a... Dave Evans, the new and recorded reporter's hiding in there to get an exclusive. <laughs> Is disguise. it a proper it's journalist like, in it's there? Like, oh, it's like Inspector well, Clouseau. It works new and recorded. I wouldn't be a proper journalist. I'd like to see that as a detective show. <laughs> I'd like to see him in disguise a newspaper Funny with like two holes in it. The little kids are probably scared of these big oh, yeah. things, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. My my nephew is terrified <laughs> of Hammerhead. Yeah. He, I mean, he, is ter- he is terrifying. Like Robocop. <laughs> okay, well, joining us now, we have the mysterious editor of Knees Up Mother Brown, a.k.a. Up the Junction, a.k.a. Graham Howlett. He speaks at last. Welcome to the show. Oh, no, I can't do it. Hell, hi, Chris. How are you doing? <laughs> 
<laughs> what are we going to do? Were you thinking of something? Then? Just not say anything for the next <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. We were saying, oh, how, you you know, how you doing, fellas? All right, everyone yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah very, well. Very, well. very well. Very well. So I wanted to ask you, Graham, about kind of uh, your opinion of uh, the Olympic Stadium. I know KUMB editorially was very against it at one stage. It seems to be coming round a little bit more. Um, what's your position on the Olympic Stadium? Well, let me say, first of all, that KUMB has, has never really had a position on the uh, okay. Olympic Stadium. The, 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 the problem is that the fan base has been so split since day one that we decided editorially that we wouldn't, um, you know, uh, stake a claim either way. So, um, we've, you know, we've never had an official position. My, my own personal feeling uh, is it's very mixed. Um, I can understand the optimism of some of those who want to go over there and I recognise it's a great opportunity for the for the club to to further itself um, and you know compete with some of the bigger teams in the country. But also, um, it's it's a bit difficult. I, I would imagine there's a lot of people that are in my position where um, they're from families who perhaps have, have now left the East End. I mean, my own family moved out to um, Essex uh, sort of 30, 35 years ago. Um, so I've never really sort of lived, you know, banging the East End. Uh, the closest I've got was Barking and Dagenham, but. Uh, or the family from East Ham, and that's been the case for generations. Um, so, you know, from that point of view, there's a, there's, I would imagine that's a typical story where some of us perhaps used to go with our dads or our granddads or our mums or whatever in, in years gone by. And for some of us, I think there's a bit of a, a connection there that um, once that's severed, there really is no connection, you know, to the old East End. So I think from that point of view, it's, it's personally, it's, it's terribly sad that uh, we won't be going over there anymore. Um, but... Uh, I'm just sitting on the fence, really, aren't I? Like, like the like the website, basically, by the by the sounds of that. So I understand as well, Graham. There's been some news on uh, increasing ticket prices for disabled fans too. Yeah, um, disabled season ticket holders were sent a letter last uh, sent out last Thursday or Friday by the club, which they received at the weekend, informing them that essentially their uh, the cost of their season tickets is going is going is going to double. Um, currently, uh, disabled season ticket holders pay, I understand, £290 per year for their season ticket. And that's also uh, grants access to a carer. As from next season, the disabled season ticket costs will be in line with that of the lowest band, which is band four at the moment. And this year, a band four ticket costs £600. So you can see that's you know an excess of a 100% increase, um, which is all, you know, it, it's an awful lot of money to, to come up with now. I have spoken to the club briefly on this. Um, now, they are going to come back to me later in the week. So hopefully on KUMB, sort of Thursday, Friday, perhaps, um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll have an answer from the club who, who will explain why this is the case. But just, just briefly, uh, as I understand it, it's, uh, it's really uh, the club's um, way of bringing this in line with other clubs. Okay, you've also got some uh, some news on Carlton Cole. It, it seems as though he might be in his last season at West Ham. Well, as we know, Carlton is, is uh, out of contract this summer and there's been no moves made um, by the club so far to, to offer him a long-term deal. And obviously we've seen stories about Wilfred um, Boney and a couple of other players um, potentially linked with the club um, and, and signing this year. So um, we were made aware last week that... There is an American club. I've got to be careful what I say here, but um, they are looking to sign Colton on a free this summer in the event of uh, West Ham not offering, a new, offering him a new deal. Um, it's a story we ran last week, and it, it, it is very real. Um, 
the people we spoke to are in the process of preparing um, documentation for the American club um, who are preparing to, you know, make uh, make Colton an offer he can't refuse, basically. So, it, you know, it's, it's it's one of those where there's a lot of ifs and buts. If, if West Ham offer him a new contract, it's a no-go. Um, if he decides he'd rather stay in the UK, it's a no-go. But, there, you know, there is there is a story there. There is a potential move available. So, and I think Colton mentioned in an interview with the, I think it was the, the male he spoke to, um, a couple of weeks ago, and he said he wasn't, you know, wasn't averse to uh, move abroad. So, yeah, so it's a watch space that one really. Um, there is an opportunity, but whether it will go ahead or not, we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But what's what's the view there about Colton? Do we think he should be offered a new contract, or would we be happy to see him go? I'd, I'd give him a new contract. <laughs> oh, I, would, I would. I would give him if if Point. we're going to sign Andy Carroll, mm. and that, that is our budget blown out the water yeah. for him yeah. Yeah, is, yeah, why go out and pay money when you've got a stand-in who's like a mm. poor man's Andy Carroll in, in a way if I'm not yeah. being harsh yeah. on, on Colton yeah. but if, if I've seen him play well but the best years under him were under Zola right so yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a and bit of some a, years you know ago. yeah we well, got into the England squad off the back of yeah. it so yeah. but it, he is a ready-made placement to slot in in the way Allardyce plays hmm so seems... I, mean, but I mean, can we get something better for, than him for his money? But, well, hang on a minute. He showed us loyalty by taking a 50% pay cut. Yeah. And it, that didn't yeah. come out till after. Yeah. He didn't. He wasn't walking around saying, yeah. I've done this, I've done that. Mm. I met in a, an SAB meeting after we'd gone down, and he never made any fraction that he was so, so like welcoming to the fans, and he was genuine. Yeah. He stood and spoke to us for a long time and, and, and yeah. everything. And for me... I'd keep him because he's never said a bad word about West Ham. All he ever says yeah. is how much he loves playing for this club. And if you take a pay cut to stay, you turn down mm. Stoke and everything. You know, London yeah. ain't that big a draw, surely. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he's got to love playing for the club. Okay. Yeah, I love him to bits. You've just convinced me that Carlton Cole should stay for another year. So I'll get a nation's feeding. Yeah, no, I love yeah. Carlton. Yeah. Okay, Graham, thank you very much for joining us. Alright guys, nice Cheers, to meet you. Cheers, thanks. Cheers, Tara. Cheers, mate. So, that was Graham, the editor of KUMB. You can follow... The Enigma. The Enigma, the Wizard of Oz, the man behind the controls at KUMB <laughs> Towers. Back up the penthouse he goes and draws the blinds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can follow Graham on Twitter. He is uh, KUMBDOTCOM. So up next, we've got LBC's new Drive Time presenter. He also runs... Uh, West Ham Till I Die fantastic blog he's got a cracking article about a cracking interview with uh, Tony Cotty at the moment it's uh, Ian Dale hello Ian hi hi Um, so so first off are you pleased with the uh, Olympic move well I think this is a real heart versus head thing I mean my heart says I want to stay at Upton Park but my head tells me from business sense, from progress sense, you have to move. I mean, who would, anybody that's actually been to the Olympic Stadium during the Olympics can see what kind, what that will do for West Ham. And okay, it's going to be a bit different. They're reconfiguring it. The, the, um, the capacity isn't going to be as high, but it's the most amazing stadium, and I think it will put a, it gives us the opportunity to compete with the big clubs, which frankly we've never really been able to do before. Um, whenever we've had a successful period in our history, mid sixties, mid eighties, the club have never shown any ambition to kick on. Well, for the first time, they have. And yes, there are risks involved with it, but there always are. Whatever you do in life, and I, I think it's a risk worth taking. Um, d- does the deal that's been done represent a fair deal for both West Ham and the taxpayer? 
I, I do think it represents a fair deal for the taxpayer. I mean, the way that it's come out in the media, uh, and to anybody that doesn't look into the detail of it, it looks as if the taxpayer is completely being fleeced. But it, it's not really like that. There are all sorts of ways the taxpayer is going to get the money back, and probably more. Um, I have to remember, we're not being given the stadium. It is actually uh, a lease. And we're, we're only the anchor tenants. There will be other events, other things where the taxpayer will be able to get the money back. So I don't really buy all this rubbish that the taxpayer's being ripped off. But on the other hand, I do think it is a good uh, a good move financially for West Ham. Um, I mean, it's a £2 million rental, but they, they keep at least some of the naming rights, some of the catering rights, I think. And um, I, the, the only disadvantage is that you actually haven't got a formal home because you don't actually own the... Uh, own the freehold on it, but um, I'm not. I think this is the way that things are going to go in the future with a lot of clubs. I, I think they'll be quite. I mean, Manchester City. I think it's a similar arrangement there. Well, they haven't done too badly, have they? So, could what happened to Coventry happen to us? Well, I mean, if if West Ham end up in League Two at some point, then you're going to have to say, well, is it really viable to continue in the Olympic Stadium? But um, that's where the custodians of the football club, the the owners shareholders, management, have got a duty to make sure that sort of thing never happens. Now, it's never happened in our history before. You'd like to think it never would in our, in, in our future. Um, you can never, there, there are no 100% guarantees in life. Um, everything in football is a bit of a risk. Anybody that buys a club is taking a risk. Um, anybody that appoints a manager is taking a risk. Buying a player for £10 million is a risk. Um, you, you just have to try and make sure that you don't take too many risks. Now, I, I can't really see what happened, what's happening to Coventry or even sort of Portsmouth or, or any other of these clubs who are in trouble will happen to West Ham. But, I mean, you, you can't sort of guarantee that, that, that it won't. I think what's going to happen now is that we've, we've got to really look at the fact that we're going to move in there in three seasons' time and start building a team that is capable of really challenging for top honours in the five years after we move in. Um, I think we've got Sam Allardyce, who I was a very big sceptic, very sceptical about at the beginning. Um, I think he has got the groundings of a really impressive team now. There's sort of four or five players. You think, well, yeah, they will be there in three years' time. What he's got to do is basically, over the next three years, sign the players that can actually help us move on to the next stage when we do move into the Olympic Stadium. So looking at the odds for the next West Ham manager, Harry Redknapp is favourite at 6-4. We've got Gus Poyet next at 25-1. Then Kerbishley, Martin O'Neill, Chris Hooton, Alex McLeish and others at 33-1. to uh, Do you want to see Big Sam get an extension or would you prefer to see Harry Redknapp get the job? No, I would not prefer Harry Redknapp to come back. I mean, Harry Redknapp, I'm, I mean, he's entertaining and he actually did a good job at West Ham, but he has ruined several of the clubs that he's been at since. Um, we all know what his reputation is like. I think it'd be a real retrograde step if Harry Redknapp ever came back to West Ham. Um, as I've said before, I'm, I'm not... I've, I've, I actually emailed David Sullivan um, when they were looking for a new manager. So for God's sake, do not get Sam Allardyce. And, it, and I mean, Sullivan's really good. I mean, he, he always emails back within like three minutes. <laughs> and, he, he, and he said to me, he said... Um, you don't you don't see what I see in uh, Sam Allardyce, and I said, well, clearly not. But uh, I said he just will not be accepted by the fans. Well, I mean, David Sullivan could say to me, who was right? And 
I mean, there were times last season in the Championship when I thought, God, do we really have to watch this rubbish? I mean, even when we were winning, it, it was just not a pleasure to watch. But I think this season, he's really... I think he understands now. I mean, he, he said at the beginning he understood what West Ham was about and the nice football and all the rest of it. But I actually genuinely think he now does understand it. And he's giving the players the freedom to play, which perhaps with some of those other teams, he never did. The players clearly respect him. He, he's a manager that he, he does things the right way. I mean, I watched him when he came out uh, against West Bromwich Albion, came out of the tunnel, immediately went over to Steve Clark and, and the others and actually made a real effort to sort of say hello, have a little chat. And there are some managers that are so arrogant that they just don't do that. Well, I think Sam Allardyce is a bit like Alex Ferguson that way. He knows how to do the job the, the right way. And I think he's always going to sign players that we sort of slightly sort of raise our eyebrows at sometimes. So, I mean, bringing Joe Cole back, that was a huge risk. And we don't know yet whether that will pay off, but the initial signs are if he, if, he, if he can keep fit. I mean, he's been brilliant in most of the games that he's played. Well, so I, I'm a lot more impressed by Sam Allardyce than I thought I would be. Um, I think he's got a challenge at the end of the season with several players out. I mean, Carlton Cole, Winston Reid, I think, are out of contract, one or two others. What does he do about the goalkeeping position? I mean, it's clear. I mean, he's done far better than I thought he would do this season, but I think we need a, a international class goalkeeper next season. I don't know where that's going to come from. Um, but I think there's some big challenges ahead of him in the summer. Uh, final question: Is is a part of you gutted that De Canio has gone to Sunderland? Um, I, I mean, De Canio, I think will be the best player that I will ever see play at Upton Park. I, I just, I was a massive fan. I, I, the way Rosa treated him was a disgrace in the end. Um, would I like to see? I don't think I would like to see him manage West Ham in the Premier League. If we ever got into the Championship again, I think he's probably the type of manager you need. But I, I think everyone will be watching very carefully at Sunderland because if he does what he did at Swindon at Sunderland, he'll last about five games. And you can't manage a Premier League club in the way that he managed Swindon. Uh, I mean, my producer at LBC is a Swindon fan, and uh, I mean, he was gutted when he left. But I mean, the things that he did at, at Swindon, you, 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 you just sort of shake your head in, in disbelief. Now, I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant watching what he does at Sunderland, but. And that will, in large part, determine whether he is ever given a chance at West Ham. Um, I, I think if I was to put money on it, I would bet that he would never manage West Ham. But uh, I think we'd, we'd all quite like to go along for the ride if he did. Great stuff. Thanks, Ian. All right. OK. Thanks, Ian. So that's Ian Dale, uh, LBC's new Drive Time presenter. Uh, and, of course, he also runs West Ham Till I Die. Fantastic blog. Uh, that's at westhamtillidie.com. He's also on Twitter. So we touched on it there. Harry Redknapp is the bookie's favourite to succeed Big Sam. Um, James, he's still, he's still uh, up for giving Big Sam a new contract? Yeah, 100%. I think he deserves it. I think mm. he got us up. He said he'd... I mean, he's ticked the boxes that he needed to. He said he'd get mm. us up. He got us up. We had a wonderful day out at Wembley. <laughs> I saw us win at Wembley. You know, that yeah. was a, one of the best days ever. Uh, and he, we've had some joy this season. We've had, had a misery this season. Mm. But we're doing better than a lot of other teams so I think he deserves it but is that a reason to give him a new contract just because we're doing better than other teams I, yeah, I think it will I've got to be controversial here I, mean, no, I no, think no. Avram Grant would have got us up last season well, <laughs> well I do that <laughs> I mean that team we, we generally other championship teams have wholesaled their team out the door 
West Ham, I know there weren't a lot of good players to keep, but we mm. did keep the best players. Yeah. We only let Scott Parker go because he forced it out of us. Yeah. So, But everybody of our better performing players the year we went down, which is nothing to what I'm mm. about, I know, but yeah. we did keep them. Yeah. So in the end of the day, when you look at it, man for man... Grant would have done it. It's perhaps think, that's a bit overcooked. <laughs> I think the only thing Avram Grant would have got up last year was his own knob in a brass house. Any other manager would have got he loves stuff. Show, why did Reading why did Reading win the championship? Because yeah. they weren't scared of losing. Um so kind of on the point of managers, Paolo Di Canio has been appointed the Sunderland boss. Is a part of us gutted that um that Paolo is now no longer associated with West Ham in the Premiership? He's he's with Sunderland? Oh, well, I think he will always be associated mm. with West Ham in the Premier League or, or with West Ham. I mean, the bloke's got the biggest West Ham tattoo on his arm. So, yeah. I mean, that's, how the Sunderland feels about that? Sunderland you know, in the summer when West he gets Ham his shirt tattoo. off, <laughs> he's waving his West Ham <laughs> tattoo around. How good you is know, that? How good is that? So, that is, uh, do you know what? I hadn't thought about it like that, and I like it now. So, the manager of Sunderland has a West Ham tattoo. So, uh, the Canio... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I feel he's he's getting a bit of undue stick for mm. the fascist oh, comment. Yeah, um, I think it's being blown out of all proportion. I think he should be judged on his football. People say he brought the fascist thing up in an interview, but that was done years ago. Mm. And other people done interviews with him where he sort of explained what he meant. Um, all of a sudden, he's at Sunderland. He's on the front pages. I feel like. I don't know. I'm so torn when it comes to Decano on everything. Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I could always go either way. I could be. I could be persuaded he's a massive fascist, yeah. and I could go the other yeah. other way and been persuaded he's not. I can't. Yeah. I can't make my mind up. I th- think it was a bit unfair the media treatment of him because I know bef- Sunderland said to the media that the gathered media because he had a press conference this morning. They said that um, there were to be no questions. That, it was just <coughs> football questions. He was only going to talk about football. Like no, they didn't want to talk about this fascism thing that was going on. Uh, and then the headline of the BBC News was after the press conference, Decania refuses to answer fascism questions. And it's like, well, that's, that's not, the that's not yeah. what happened. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're going to twist unfair. it and turn it. And any yeah. way they can put the knife in, they will put the knife into anyone. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's the way they behave. Yeah. I heard a comment about when they appointed Martin O'Neill, they had four times as many journalists there today than when they appointed Martin O'Neill. Right. So I think that is where but the press Did Martin O'Neill have from. a West Ham tattoo? No, and he never yeah. stood up. But <laughs> he's got a tiny you know, one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to. Have a <laughs> I think like it's it's it. I is he? Am I glad he's back in the Premiership? Yes. Is football about entertainment? Yes. Well, it should be. It will be more entertaining. Yeah. So that's that's got to be a good the, thing. I'm excited now to watch. We're in the entertainment business. <laughs> this, yeah. Football is the entertainment oh. business. <laughs> you need to watch the NFL Super Bowl final. That's what have, the Premier League is. Oh, if that is the future, then <laughs> I don't know what road it's going down. It yeah. is. Perhaps it is the future. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I'll happily admit I'm a dinosaur. Yeah. That, that, that would, I, I'm happy to quite live in my dinosaur world. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching my 1970 reruns of Matter of the Day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what happened to dinosaurs, Nigel? We were they evolved into birds. Oh, in. <laughs> <laughs> cold uh, <laughs> um, so let's do some predictions now we've got two games before the next podcast we've got Liverpool away so, is this the year no. is this the year no no, <laughs> no I think more no nope. rolling it out James too yeah. uh, no okay. I can't see us uh, I'm going to say we're going to win 
just so that if we do, I look like a visionary. <laughs> um, and then we've got Yuri Geller. Yuri Geller, yeah. Uh, wasn't he number seven around 98? <laughs> <Was it? laughs> that French guy, Yuri Geller. No, yeah. Mark Keller. Mark, Mark Keller. Uh, yeah. there you go, a little <laughs> gag for myself. Um, and then, uh, okay, so Southampton away. We've got after that. We seem to do all right down there. I'd like to think we'll get a draw. We seem to have, I, th- I think we've probably won more games. Than, I can recall more games we've won there than we've lost. Look, we, do we think we you, do it? It's so difficult to predict. You think Stoke away, you think we're going to struggle. Yeah, and we, right. we come away with a win. But yeah. if you look at Stoke at home this season, or the last, if you take their current form yeah. at home, it's abysmal. Yeah. Yeah, right. If you look at Southampton's current form at home, yes, very good. on the up. Yeah. So it, It's got to come down. I'd, possibly, I'd like to think we could get a draw at Southampton. Yeah. So you're saying we're going to get something? I think we'll get a point. Okay. James? Three points. Three points, okay. All right. in, that, in which case, I predict... <laughs> I'm shaking my head when I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think a defeat then, just to be different. And, uh, a point would be lovely. I think yeah. a point would be lovely. Yeah. Okay, Nigel, thanks very much for joining us. Hell of a debut, as expected. Thanks a lot for having me. And James, well done. Thanks, up. Um, we'll see you all after the Liverpool and Southampton games, in which uh, hopefully we'll get six points. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons.